Good morning. Well, I'm very happy to be here with you this morning. I met some of you on Thursday, and I'm also again to be here, and uh, I thank God for this opportunity. Uh, Will has prayed, so I'll just continue <coughs> with my sermon. <coughs> I want to begin by thanking you, uh, the Reverend Will, for inviting me to preach. Uh, Will, I hope that also you can visit Tanzania sometime in the future, so that as President Idi Amin of Uganda once told the Queen, I can also revenge by inviting you to preach to my people. <laughs> so you are very welcome. <laughs> For those of you who is your first time to meet me, my name is uh, Dixon, and my wife is there, Pendo, you can wave. I'm the bishop, I'm the bishop of the Diocese of Central Tanganyika, which is in Dodoma, Tanzania. The Anglican province of Tanzania has a total number of 28 dioceses. And the Diocese of Central Tanganyika is the mother diocese of 19 dioceses. Currently, the Nurse of Tanzania has, of Central Tanganyika has 37 deaneries, 283 parishes, and 1,264 congregations. We also have over 300 priests and over 700,000 members. We thank God that the Nurse of Central Tanganyika is a growing diocese. For those of you who came to my talk on Thursday, I shared with you that in September last year, we engaged on what we call aggressive evangelism. In this program, we invited each of our parishes to send a team of evangelists to two of our outreach areas in the diocese. A total of 1,465 people participated in evangelism. We entered every village and we shared the gospel to 22,160 house. The results were overwhelming. 12,047 children and adults were baptized, while 13,997 accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. The number of people coming for confirmations also indicates church growth. I also shared that two weeks ago, just before I came here, just before I came here, I had confirmations in a deanery of four parishes, about 100 kilometers away from town. In the first parish, I confirmed 112 candidates young people. In the second parish, I confirmed 116 people, again, mainly young people. In the third parish, I confirmed 85, again, mainly young people. And in the fourth parish, I confirmed 165 people. We all know that COVID-19 has been a challenge. And in some parts of the world, Many Christians have given up attending churches. 
all church services. And I'm actually grateful to see many people are here uh, this morning. Because the church we attended, one of the churches we attended last week only had 10 people. So I'm grateful that I've met you here. But in my diocese, we witnessed something very positive. As you may know, there was no lockdown in Tanzania. And sadly, the diocese lost 12 priests, most of them to COVID. But in order to reduce the number of worshipers, because uh, the churches or the services were so packed, in our 7.30 a.m. service, and to help them keep distance, we started a new 6 a.m. service. When we started, only a few people attended this service because we encouraged them to move from this, the 7.30 a.m. service to the 6 a.m. service. But today, this service, the 6 a.m. service, has almost 300 worshipers. The 7.30 a.m. also still has 300 worshipers. And the 9.30, which is in English, has about 100 worshipers. And the 10.30 a.m. still has over 300 worshipers. Now, why am I saying all this? Why do I give you this picture? As you may know, the gospel reading last week was Luke 10, 38 to 47. Here, we read about two women, Mary and Martha. While Martha was busy in the kitchen, Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to him. And as I meditated on this reading, I began asking myself questions. As a bishop of such a busy diocese, am I really spending enough time like Mary, to sit down and listen to Jesus. Or, like Martha, I am always busy in the kitchen with very little time to sit down and listen to him. I guess many of you here are like me, always busy. Of course, doing the right things, serving Jesus and his people, but with a little time to sit down and listen to Jesus. In other words, last week's gospel reading challenges us not to abandon our services, but to spend more time sitting and listening to Jesus. In contrast, today's reading challenges us not only to sit down and listen to Jesus or stay in the kitchen, but also, and rather important, to go forth and preach the gospel. But again, as we learned from two women last week, Mary and Martha, in today's gospel reading, the number is two again. Jesus, says Mark, sent his disciples out two by two. This sending out of two by two has bothered many Western scholars. I tried to see a few commentaries has bothered them, these scholars, who spend a lot of time trying to explain why this is so, why sending to. But this would not bother me or the people in Africa where life is corporate and communitarian. In fact, 
They would be, African people would be surprised if Jesus dispatched the disciples one by one. But he sends them in pair so that they can support one another. Friends in Christ, my intention this morning is not so much to speak about the casting out of demons, simply because you in the West think you are so civilized that talking about demon possession is an old fashion. But we in Africa, who still think that our culture is very close to the Bible, demon possession is common, and the casting out of demons is part and parcel of the gospel. Rather, today I want to talk a little bit about the number two in Luke, two women, and then here in Mark, uh, Jesus sending them in pain. As I mentioned, we are on our way going to attend Lambeth Conference. The theme for Lambeth Conference is God's Church for God's Word, walking, listening, and witnessing together. In the Gospel reading last week, Martha needed to learn that, to learn that what Jesus needed is for her to sit down and listen to him. Likewise, Mary needed Martha to hear what Jesus really wants. And today, Jesus sends his disciples two by two to preach the gospel. Brothers and sisters in class, to do God's mission effectively in this world, we cannot afford to go alone. We need one another. We need to work together. We need to learn from one another. And we need to support one another. For those of you who were here at Redland Parish many years ago, please forgive me if I repeat what I preached here 19 years ago. <laughs> in, listening, in listening to one another, there are things that we can learn from you and there are things that you can learn from us. 19 years ago, I preached on the uh, passage of Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, where Paul says that although we are different in terms of race, in terms of culture, in terms of gender and experience, we are one in Christ. In, in Christ. And I remember saying that this is the richness that we have in Christ. The church of God will be very poor if it consisted of people with similar race, similar culture, similar background, similar gender, and similar experience. But because we are different, and yet one in Christ, as I said many years ago, this is why we can enrich one another. May I repeat the two things that I said you could learn from us? The first is on church growth, church growth. In Africa, as I have given you the numbers, the church grows not because we have wonderful clergy, for we probably have the most unlearned clergy. Rather, it grows because the church is in the hands of ordinary Christians. As my predecessor, Bishop Mdimi Mohogoro said, if the church is in the hands of Christians, that church will grow. 
But if a church is in the hands of the clergy, it is possible to witness a church dying in one's own hands. The role of the clergy is more on maintenance than church growth. Church growth is always in the hands of ordinary Christians who are open enough to share with their neighbors the experiences of the risen Christ. And for me, such kind of sharing does not need months or years spent in a theological college. Church growth is always in the hands of the Christians, ordinary Christians. And the second thing that I said you could learn from us, especially now as we all come out of COVID-19, and also our brother and sisters uh, with the experience of the war, uh, as uh, you mentioned, in Ukraine, I said uh, the first thing that you can learn from us is our experience of loving and trusting God in the context of suffering. In Africa, suffering is real. Every day we confront death, including premature death. We do not glory in suffering, and the church is working very hard to eradicate suffering. But as far as our faith in God is concerned, for us, suffering is neutral, in the sense that it is neither good nor bad for believing in God. People, rich or good, rich or poor, can believe in God, not because of what they get from God, but because without God, their life will not attain full humanity and meaning. African people love and enjoy God as they are. They do not wait until their problems are solved to enjoy God. They love and enjoy God with or without their sufferings or other predicaments. Again, as my predecessor bishop once said, African people like to sing. They like to dance. If you go in Africa, go to the villages, people are hungry, but they do not show it. They still sing, they still dance, and they could be dying. For me, suffering reminds us that in reality, we are not created human beings, but human becomings. Our perfection is in heaven where there is no more suffering. Friends, we need one another. To do mission, to preach the gospel, we need one another. We need to walk together. We need to work together. We need to do mission together. We need to support one another for the glory of God himself. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Dixon. There's a lot of, lot of meat in that, a lot of stuff to, to think about.